And listen, uh, I'm going to jump right into the, to the word this morning because lately I just, I can't ever seem to get through my notes. God is just so good. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter five and just park right there. I just want to first greet you. It's so good to see your face this morning to all of our first time guests in person online. Come on. Can we welcome our first time guests? We're so honored that you would join us this morning. And if it is your first time, please do not leave without us getting to shake your hand. Uh, we are a relational church. How many of you are thankful for a church that truly is relational? We don't want you to just come in and leave. We want to know your name. We want to connect with you. If it's your first time, please meet us in the lobby uh, after the service. We would love to get to know you and your family. But... It's my privilege, as always, to bring the word. And how many of you are enjoying this series? What an incredible series. If, you, if, if you've been here, you know. If you haven't, we're in a series called Train Breaker. We, we are focusing in on the ways that God sets us free. And I got to be honest, today, I got I to fire my bones right now. I feel like I have a word. I really do. And I feel like... It, Specifically, even in this service, I feel like this is going to, I feel like this is for somebody, man. And I'll tell you what, I, I feel even a little extra uh, prepared because in between service, I heard they had elote. And I was like, I know I shouldn't, but I told my dad, I, I'm sweating from preaching. I'm drying off. I'm like, can you go get me? I heard they have a load. And listen, I know I'm white, but I have a Mexican soul. Okay. And, and I'm like, and so I, I, the Holy Spirit is here. I've had my elote in between service with the right amount of chile. All right. I'm ready to preach. But I just love what the Lord is doing here at Inspire Church. I love what the Lord is doing in Houston. Just really quickly, yesterday, I had the privilege, and some of our staff, we had the privilege of being a part of Revival Now at the Del Mar uh, Field Stadium in Houston. It, it was just an honor to be a part of that. And uh, we, we, as a city, we hosted Bishop Adeboye from Nigeria. And what an incredible honor it was last night to sit under his ministry. He doesn't just take, you know, he's in his eighties now and very busy. And all, he doesn't just take uh, every invitation, but he said he felt led of the Lord to come to Houston because the Lord told this general in the faith that God is sending revival to Houston. That's going to shake the nation. And so God sent us a general last night to come and speak into what God is, is, is doing in the city. And what an honor. And so God is God is moving, but I'm going to be in John chapter five today. And I want to speak from the subject. Do you want to be free? Turn to your neighbor and say, do you want to be free? Before, before I get, I get started. This is what I love about the minute, one of the thing, many things I love about the ministry of Jesus. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, the apostle John tells us this. For this purpose, someone say this purpose. The son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. 
This scripture has always meant a lot to me because, I, and I was, I was meditating on this this week, the night that I got saved when I was a teenager, some of you have heard me talk about this before, some of you haven't. It seems like a long time ago now, but it was very real then. When I was a teenager, I, I slipped into a really very, very strong, uh, what, what, I guess a case of depression, you would call it. But it wasn't just like, it wasn't like light. It was really, really heavy. It was bad. And it was a really rough season for a time in my life. It was a really dark season. And I remember um, just that season of my life. You know, I, I, how many of you are thankful for medicine? I believe in medicine. I believe in therapy. I believe in counseling. I believe in all of that. I don't have a problem with all that. So I, 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 need, I want you to hear what I'm saying and not what I'm not saying. But it wasn't working for me. It wasn't. It just wasn't. And I remember the night I got saved. And God touched me and God healed me instantaneously. From a very, very deep pit of depression. Because see, that season of my life, it's, and some of you know what I'm talking about. You've walked through this or maybe you're walking through this. Maybe this is the reason why God is having me share this. It was like, it's like a cloud that wouldn't move. I heard someone say this one time, depression, is, it's a lot like this. It's, it's the inability to conceive a future. Because the present is just torture. You're not thinking about tomorrow because you're just trying to get through. And I just remember this, this cloud just wouldn't seem to move, but I remember instantaneously. But he, he, here's why I say that to, in, in connection with this scripture. God was literally setting me free and I, I could feel the heaviness leading my, leaving my body because like I, like I said the last time I preached, I believe God really can deliver us in a moment. See, I, I believe in process. I believe if God wants to heal you through a process, he can. If God wants to heal you through counseling, he can. I also believe that the, the deliverance of God is very real. I believe God can literally spontaneously, instantaneously deliver you of something. That's just my story. So, you know, once you've had bluebell ice cream, you can't tell me bluebell ice cream isn't real. So, so it's like, it's like, but I'll never forget as I'm being healed, I felt it. A man came up and whispered in my ear that I didn't know. And I still, to this day, I don't know who he is. I don't, I don't even know where he came from. I guess, obviously the Lord was speaking to him. He came up and he whispered in my ear. He came and whispered this verse. For this reason, the son of man was made manifest. To destroy the works of the devil. And I knew that night, God was breaking a yoke of bondage off of my life. And not only did God do that for me that night... from that day forward, even as a teenager, that's why for my entire life, I have refused to preach a powerless gospel. I refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. I don't want to preach a gospel that doesn't offer real hope. I don't want to preach a gospel that doesn't have power. And I don't want to preach a gospel. You got to excuse me for a moment. Sometimes I remember, I, I remember saying, why can't I just be one, a person that loves the motivated, inspired? I love motivation and inspiration and all that stuff. But at the, at the core of my being, there's this desire to see people get free. So I, 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 I don't know how to preach a gospel where I don't talk. 
about God's power and ability. And I'm not saying God has to do it the same way for each person. It may not be instantaneous for you, but here's what I am saying. For this reason, the son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. I want to say this confidently over your life and you need to hear me. You are not meant to tolerate yokes. You are not meant to tolerate bondage. You are, you're not supposed to just sit there and say, well, this is who I am. And I, I, I guess this is who I'll always be. I guess I'll always struggle with this thing. That's no, no, no. It, It may be a process, but you're supposed to be pressing in to the freedom that the, that the gospel did not only uh, supplies, but, but that Jesus has for you. So whether it's instantaneous or a process, I can assure you of this. God's intention and will for your life is freedom. When Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Sorry, I'm just, can I just preach and flow like I want to? Because that's what he meant. He said, I'm the way. In other words, you're not just going to get, I I, I spoke about this last time. You're not just going to get free one time. I'm going to show you the way to live. So that you'll know the truth and you'll have life. You see, it's not just a a one-time thing. Jesus is not, Jesus is not just, just setting you free one time. Jesus is leading you into freedom. See, you know, the devil would love nothing more than for us to just accept our chains and just say, hey, this is who I, this is who I am. This is who I'll always be. But listen, I'm here to declare over you today. No, it's not true. Freedom is your inheritance. But let me get to the text. John chapter five. This is a famous story. We all know it. It's, 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 it's about the, the man at who received a healing at the pool of Bethesda. How many of you know this story? Let me read it. And we'll get into this. After this, there was a feast, verse one, of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. Having five porches, in these lay a great multitude of sick, people blind, lame, paralyzed, And they're waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now watch this. Now a certain man, someone say a certain man, was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. That's a long time. It doesn't tell us he was necessarily here for 38 years. He has this infirmity for 38 years, but he's there. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in this, that condition a long time. Listen to what Jesus says to the man. Do you want. This is this is. It's going to start hitting you today. This is the message. Do you want? Come on, turn to your neighbor. Say, do you want to be made well? Bethesda, the pool, you know, the pool of Bethesda obviously was known for healing, but the word Bethesda actually means house of mercy. 
house of mercy. And Bethesda was famous because the text lets us know this, that for whatever reason, an angel would come and stir the waters and people would rush to get in the waters because as they would dip in there, whatever infirmity or illness or sickness they have, some were healed. And we're not told much about this man in the story. All we're told about him is that he was sick for 38 years. Paralyzed. But I want you to see something about this. And I've read this story so many times, but God just really began to speak to me this week in a fresh way. Jesus walks into this place. And the Bible does not say that, that they're, they're not pressing into him at this moment. In fact, when Jesus is walking, I, I want you to just think about this for a moment. When Jesus is walking by the pool of Bethesda, they're all focused on the pool. Hoping an angel's going to come and touch it. And meanwhile, the healer is walking by. Something greater. But they're not really focused on Jesus. You know why? Because they're focused on the pool. So the man doesn't see Jesus. The Bible says Jesus sees the man. Because Jesus is on his way somewhere and he's just walking by. And you know what made Jesus talk to this specific man? We'll never know. We can only speculate. Obviously, the father is leading uh, Jesus to this man. Jesus said, I only do what I feel like the father is doing. So, so, so Jesus feels led. He feels drawn to this man. This man catches Jesus' eye. Has Jesus seen this man before? I don't know. All I know is this, is that the Bible does not say that this man was pressing into Jesus. Jesus was walking by and he saw the man. Can I just talk about Jesus for just a moment? That's how, this is how good he is. That sometimes he will interrupt our life. Even when we're looking the other way. There was something about this man that Jesus stopped. Here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus always knew how to stop for one. One. And Jesus asked him a question. Do you want to be made well? Now, as I was reading that this week, it just seems a little strange. Jesus. It says Jesus knew he's been in this condition and Jesus knows this man is trying to get into the water. So why would Jesus Why would Jesus ask him this obvious question? It it actually, it it could come off in, in one, if you looked at it from a certain context, it could come off a little bit insensitive, right? But the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus wants to know what he, what he's going to say. Because I want to suggest to you something. That it's possible that he didn't want to be free. Because maybe 
he had already gotten to a place where he had already lost hope. Because here's what happens is sometimes you can be in bondage so long that you just begin to accept it. It's possible that by the time Jesus gets to this man, it's possible that he's indifferent. I don't know. I used to want to be free. I used to think I could be free. I used to hope I could be free. I don't know. Just kind of, if it happens, it happens. Right? You see what I'm saying? It's very easy to kind of slip into that state. But just for a second, I want to take this one question that Jesus asked this man. He says, do you want to be well? I want to take this question. I want to step out of this story. I'll come back to this story. But let me tell you what I felt like God spoke to me this week. Okay, can I step out of this story? God asked me, God was asking me, and I felt like God was telling me to ask you. So Jesus is, t- Jesus is talking to a man that's paralyzed, but I believe that Jesus is talking us today, no matter what circumstance we're in, he's asking us this question concerning our life. Do we want to be free? And I'll suggest to you that it's something we need to think about because I, sometimes we think we want to be free, but we really don't. Because just for a second, think about that man. Not only could he have slipped into a place of hopelessness, I want you to think about this too. We, we also know from certain translations that this man was a beggar. In other words, this man actually started to derive his income from his position. So the day that freedom actually shows up, if you're in that position, you may have think, you know what? I thought I wanted to get free, but now that it's really here, if I get free, I can't beg anymore. Just, just track with me. Now, now, now that it's actually in the realm of possibility, you see, because sometimes... Sometimes I think that there's so many reasons why we don't get free. But one of the reasons I think that we actually don't is because deep down, sometimes we really don't want to. I'll say it like this. Let me make it plain. Many times we don't want to actually be free from sin. What we're looking for is relief from the consequences and the guilt Oh, someone, y'all need to help me preach. But we don't actually want freedom. Because there's a part of us that is, the chains have kind of become a part of who we are. And sometimes I, the, the chains cause me pain. They hurt me. They hurt my family. But this this thing that's got me bound, if I'm being honest, I, I don't really know if I want to let it go because then I'll have to be someone that I've always been. So many times, sin is just one example. Many times I have found, I've seen it in my life before and I see it all the time. Many times people don't want to be free from sin. We just want to be free from the consequences of it. Many times we don't really want to be free. We want to be free 
from what our decisions or our bondage makes us feel. But we're not ready to let it go. Because here's the other thing is that. And I hope you'll allow me to just be as real and vulnerable and transparent. Sometimes our bondage starts to become our identity. And if we lose our bondage, then we have to face the question of who we really are. We can actually begin to build an entire identity around a particular bondage in our life. And I say this with all love and kindness and gentleness because we've all done it. We can even crave and like the attention that our chains bring us. You ever seen someone who goes from person to person and they'll tell them what they need to do, but they don't like it, so they go to that person? And they go to that person, and they go to that person. I want to be free. So, you know, sometimes we don't want to be free. Sometimes we just want someone to hear us and feel sorry for us. Sometimes we want people just to tell us how much of a victim we are. Oh, can I get real? Sometimes we want people just to, just to coddle us. But what I love about Jesus, this is what I love about Jesus. He has compassion. He doesn't shame us. He loves us. He has compassion. But Jesus refuses to let us stay in that place. Jesus refuses to say that he refuses to let us stay in our chains. Because although he has great compassion and great love, he will not allow these chains to become who we are. So what happens is if we're not careful, the chains can actually become an identity. We can actually begin to derive self-worth from our chains. Here's another thing. If our chains were to actually be removed, that means I would then have to take responsibility. Because let me say this, with freedom comes responsibility. Freedom is not the ability to do anything I want to do. Freedom is... Freedom is the right... And the empowering grace of God to walk in the truth, to walk in the light, not to do whatever I want to do, not to do whatever I feel like doing. Freedom comes with a responsibility because if I get free, then I have, I am responsible. For what that freedom represents and what that freedom allows me to walk in. Are you tracking with me? I'm about to tie a bow on this and preach, but just just track with me. Say amen. Amen. You see, sometimes we don't really want to be free of demons. Can I get real? We want to be like Saul. We We want David to play the harp and soothe the demons. Oh, I'm about to preach. There are there are times where we are tolerating demonic oppression. 
possession, whatever, whatever words and adjectives and descriptive words you want to use. There are times where we are tolerating demonic influences and we don't really want to be free. We want to be soothed. We want to be comforted, but we don't want to be free because if we get free, that means we've got to stop doing certain things. If we get free, that means we've got to start thinking certain ways. If we get free, that means we have to stop living certain ways. That means that you can't be who you you can't be who you've been comfortable being. You can't just stay in that place. See, because sometimes we don't want freedom. We want choices. We want options. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. I don't really want to be free. I just really don't want to have to deal with the, the chaos. You know, if I can be funny for just a moment, this is exactly my journey with food. I love food. I'm, I'm, I got two things working against me. I'm Cajun and I'm Southern. When you're Cajun, everything is with rice. So you can't get away from carbs. Come on. What Cajun dish can you eat without rice? Come on. Everything's got butter and salt and all kinds of stuff in there. You don't even know what's in there. And when I had to start getting serious about my health journey, I had to come to the realization and get real with myself. I want to look a certain way, meaning I want to be fit or I want to be not, you know, if I don't want a dad bod. But here's the truth. I don't really want to eat healthy either. Oh, some, some of y'all, y'all don't make me think I'm the only one. See, some, are you like me? I, I want to eat whatever I want and still look a certain way. So what I'm really saying is I want to look a certain way, but I don't want to be healthy. Let me make it plain. I want to look a certain way. But I want, I I don't really want to be free. Because I finally realized one day, diets don't work for me. It's got to be a lifestyle. I finally told myself, stop trying this. Stop trying that. Stop trying that. You've just got to, because I realized if I, if if I really want to do this thing, I've got to want it. And that's how freedom is. Many times we, we think we want to be free, but we really don't. But here's the other thing, and I got to hurry. If we could have the musicians come, I got to hurry. I'm already running out of time. Is this helping anyone this morning? Listen to this. But here's something I saw. You see, Jesus is walking by. And like I said, I, I, I don't believe the man is paying attention to Jesus because we don't get any notion that he is. Jesus has to come up to the man because, like I said, everyone is looking at the pool. And I thought about this for just one moment. Just track with me. Once Jesus shows up, the pool becomes irrelevant. Please hear me. 
I don't care if there's one angels, 10 angels, 30 angels, 100 angels that come and touch that pool. The son of God. Who had healing in his wings. Was walking by. Anything. Listen, once Jesus comes on the scene, anything that worked before doesn't matter. And I thought about this, you know, so many times we don't get free, not 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 just because necessarily sometimes we have to be honest with the question. Do we really want to be free? Do we really want the responsibility that comes with freedom? But also this so many times we don't get free because just like they're focused on that pool, we have other things that we're focused on and the things that we run to that we're looking to heal us when Jesus is walking by. Okay, can, can I preach like I want to? Second Timothy said it like this in second Timothy chapter three, verses seven, Timothy, uh, the apostle Paul told Timothy, he says, there are people who are always learning, but they never arrive at the knowledge of the truth. Uh, Let me make it plain. They're always trying new things. Oh, I'm about, okay. I'm about to come out of my jacket. They're always running to this conference and that conference and that ministry, and that book, and that teaching, and that new way of doing it. We're going to this pool, and I go to Dr. Phil, and I go to Oprah's book club. And what happens is, all of those things may have been a blessing at one time in your life. But guess what? That pool is irrelevant now, because Jesus is the only thing you need. And what happens is this, is we settle for pools. Listen. We settle for pools when the master is right there walking by. The pool can be anything that replaces Jesus. Because I believe what God is doing in the church right now, by his spirit, he's bringing us back to the sufficiency of Christ for all things. Listen to me. Sufficiency for Christ for healing. Sufficiency for Christ for, for satisfaction, for salvation, for purpose, for deliverance, for meaning. Oh, yeah. You don't need the pool of Bethesda anymore. The pool of Bethesda may preach good because we like to cross. Listen. Oh, I'm. Oh. I don't care if it preaches good. The man said, when she, uh. How can the son of God be walking by you and you're focused on a pool that, that an angel comes by and stirs with his finger? Jesus said, You'll see angels ascending and descending on the son of man. I'm going to leave this alone because I'll just say this too. There's a lot of garbage out there. There's a lot of techniques being sold, a lot of formulas being sold, a lot of ways of you got to do this to get your healing. You got to do that to get your healing. You got to do this to get your, listen to me. 
Jesus, the, the, the spirit is getting us back to Jesus, the healer, Jesus, the master. It's not, it's not formulas. It's not old ways of doing things. It's whatever Jesus says, whatever Jesus does, whatever he's doing is enough. I don't need methods. I don't need formulas. I don't need anything that's come before because I. Can I have two more minutes? Remember this. There's a lot of stuff out there that sounds spiritual, but it isn't biblical. It's not biblical. If people are making you jump through hoops and do all kinds of stuff, but they're not pointing you to Jesus, it's not biblical. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm preaching. There's going to be such a grace released in the body of Christ again. When we get back to the sufficiency of Christ in all things. And the power of the Holy Spirit that applies that. But while everyone is focused on the pool, Jesus walks by. And here's where the healing happens. The sick man answered when Jesus said, do you want to be made well? He said, I have no one to put me in there. When the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another one steps before me. In other words, I'm always coming up short. I've tried. I have crawled. I've tried everything I can do. I can't, I can't ever seem to make it to the pool. And in other words, I'll say it like this. You, he could have said something like, I always feel like I'm coming in last place. But luckily for this man in the kingdom, the first will be last and the last will be first. Hear me this morning. The sick man basically told Jesus, yes, I want to be healed. But here's the key. I can't do it. And in a culture that tells you you can do everything you want to do. The key to getting free is saying, I can't. Religion has had me crawling around this place, trying in my own effort. I'm tired. Then everyone seems to beat me to the pool. Jesus said, you don't need a pool. Bethesda means house of mercy. Jesus said, you don't have to get to mercy anymore. Mercy's coming to you. Mercy's coming to you. Because some of you, and I want to say this to you, some of you thought today you were just coming to church. You thought that maybe you were here by accident, but I want to say today that Jesus is passing by today and he's asking you a question. Do you want to be free? And there comes a point where you have to say, yes, I want to be free. 
Not, not, not just free of the consequences, not just free of the shame, not just free of what it, I want to be free. I can't do this anymore. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I've tried everything. I've helped myself the best I can. And Lord, I need you to overpower what's overpowering me. And Jesus said, rise. Listen to this. Take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and he walked. Oh, come on. Someone give the Lord a hand clap. I want you to stand to your feet because I got to close, but I want to tell you this. Here's what's so interesting. When, when the man gets healed, he takes up his bed and he starts to walk, right? Well, when you keep reading, it says that when the Jews saw him, you would have thought that the religious leaders would be happy. Like, dude, you got healed. You're walking. Do you know the first thing they said to the man was? You're carrying your mat and it's the Sabbath. Not you've been sick for 38 years and now you're healed. Why are you carrying your mat? It's the Sabbath. that's not the spirit of religion I don't know what is religion doesn't really want people free it wants people punished it has no power it has no authority it's more concerned with the exterior and the how and Jesus is focused on the person and he cares and he loves and he's there to set people free and the man said I don't know. All I know is a man healed me. And he said, take up your bed and walk. I want every person to bow your head with me. We're going we're gonna to pray in just a moment. you're in this room this morning and you don't know the Lord and you want to know him, just slip up your hand and we're going to pray right here in this room and online if that's you just slip up your hand amen in person online come on inspire church pray this with me dear heavenly father I need your grace. Forgive me. Wash me in my sin. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. I make a decision to follow you all the days of my life. I confess you, our Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give those a hand clap that prayed that. 
now for just a moment. Just close your eyes with me and I'm about to dismiss you. I felt like the Lord gave me an assignment this morning. To ask somebody, are you ready to be free? It will require that you leave the place you've always been. You won't be able to stay there. Everything will change. But he is willing. If that's you today and you say, I need God to do something in my life that I can't do myself. I need you to come join me right here at this altar. We're going to pray in just a moment. It can do not be. It can be anything. It could be something that you're facing. It could be something that your family is facing. It could be something that you say, I, Andrew, I have, I have done everything that I can. I have tried everything. I've been to every event. I've gone to this place and that place and this pool and that pool. If you need God to touch your body in this place, if you need God to set you free of some things, he's in the room. Come on, let's press in for just a moment. Come on, would you pray with me for just a moment? just feel led to tell someone this it's so simple but I just can't get away from this the only one who can do it is Jesus you don't need the pull anymore Right now with your hands lifted. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're passing through Inspire Church this morning. Father, and I'm praying for those, God, who have been hitting a ceiling, God. I'm praying for those, God, who have been beating their head against that ceiling. I'm, pr- I'm praying over those who, God, who have tried everything in their own strength, God. I'm praying over even in the natural, God, those who have done everything they know how to do, but Father God cannot seem to make their way to healing and freedom. Father, I thank you that you're bringing it to them, Lord. Father, right now, I just release your grace in this altar. Come on, pray with me. I release your presence in this altar, Father. I speak over their lives that Jesus is enough, that Jesus is sufficient, that Jesus is stopping this morning. And he's saying, do you want to be free? I'm giving you an invitation. I'm giving you a way out. I'm giving you hope. I'm giving you a lifeline. But you've, you've got to respond. I've got to hear you say it. I can't do it for you because the one thing that Jesus won't do is he will not do for somebody that doesn't need it. Because if you're not ready to be free and you don't want to be free, he won't force it.
But if you're willing and you want to, he's able. So right now, Father God, we thank you. I thank you, Father God, right now for the, for, for the spirit of God that's in this room. I, I, Father, I pray that you begin to break off the limitations that have had us bound, Father God. I pray that you begin to break off the things that have kept us bound. Father, I pray that you begin to break off the yokes of bondage, Father, like you did for me that night. All I did was call upon your name, God. There was no special recipe. There was no formula. I just cried out. I thank you, Father, that in this day that there are those that are just crying out and saying, Jesus, here I am. I believe I need you to do for me what no man can do, what no person can do, and what I can't do for myself. And so, Father, I thank you for the grace to press into this freedom. Come on, let's just lift our hands, Father God. We thank you right now. We release this in this room. Father, I bless your people. Come on, we're just going to worship. We're just going to worship. These altars are open this morning. God bless you, Inspire Church. God bless you.